We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Lord, we thank you for our time together today. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and our minds, help us to Have our minds renewed through your power. Help us to live spirit-filled lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you can remember when you were six or seven? Remember that? How many of you have probably changed a few ideas since then? (laughs) You've learned a little bit more, hopefully. Uh, I remember when I was uh, six or seven in, in the neighborhood on Main Street, where I grew up in a little town called Bourbon in northern Indiana. And uh, we would run around and play different games. And we played, we didn't have all the video games and everything yet. We didn't have Nintendo even yet. That kind of dates me a little bit. But um, I didn't even have a TV at the time. So we spent a lot of time outside. And, And we played a lot outside with the neighbor kids as long as they would play with us, right? Until we had our little skirmishes during the summer when it was too hot. Well, I remember playing all the time. We would play um, Cowboys and Indians, right? And you, or you play Cops and Robbers. We would mostly play Cowboys and Indians. We'd run around with our squirt guns or our bang-bang fingers, you know? And, and we'd be playing this all the time. And I refused, absolutely refused to be the Cowboy. I would never be the Cowboy because my great-grandmother had maybe half, was half-blooded Indian. So I figured that I was Indian, Right? And and so because of that, I had to be the Indian, right? And so I'd run around and I'd imagine like how I had superpowers because I had Indian blood in me. Like I'm 136 or 116th or whatever it is. So little, it's like my pinky toe, right? But I would imagine that I had these superpowers. And one of the superpowers I had, because, you know, Indians are really good at tracking. So I could track anybody. Like I could find them, Right. Uh, all I knew about Indians was what I saw on old black and white television shows or in little books. So I didn't know anything. A- and the other thing I thought is I have incredible eyesight. All right. I can count the feathers on the back of an eagle through a wall. <laughs> like this is what I thought, like all these special powers I had because of this. And, and, and so I, I would run around and play. And, and as I grew older, I remember in, in first grade, we had an eye test, okay? And the eye test, they put the thing over your eye, and you have to read the letters down. Well, I knew I was going to pass with great flying colors because I had this super perception of sight, right? And, and so I memorized what all the other kids said before they got up there. And when they put it over my eyes, I repeated back what they had said. And they said, you're fine. And I said, I know. Because I'm part Indian, all right? So, so it wasn't until, like, I was 12 years old, uh, the thought occurred to me, hey, you know what? I may not be able to see very well. And I, I've, we got a picture, but that's before this slide, I think. And this is kind of what I would see, all right? <laughs> yeah, he's got great eyesight, right? I, I mean, it was that blurry. And, and uh, so I, I finally went to the eye doctor, and they sat me down, and they redid the test. And uh, they said, like, negative 3.25, 
and, and negative something really high on the other side. I don't know if it's 4.25 or what. I was basically legally blind, all right? So if I had Indian, Indian blood in me, it wasn't in my eyes. I know that. So, so I, they, they gave me these glasses, and of course, being uh, 11 years old, I picked out the most sophisticated, best-looking glasses that they had. Actually, it looked like a big dork. I had these, like, huge windows on the front of my face. But I remember for the first time, you can show this next picture, being able to see. And all of a sudden, everything was different, all right? I realized that what I was doing before is I would be able to tell who somebody was from, from blocks away by how they moved, by how they, their body shifted and by the way they walked. I couldn't see their face at all. I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female or who it was, but by the way they moved, I, I picked up on gestures and stuff and learned who they were. I, I remember coming out of, of that little shop in Plymouth, Indiana, and, and looking up and seeing this, the American flag, and, and it was blowing in the wind, and it was enormous. And I was like, I can see the stars. And, and I remember holding my hand out in front of my face like this and saying, there are three dimensions. And, and it was interesting because uh, instantly I got better at basketball. <laughs> my free throws got a lot better because I could see the rim. I could actually see the rim before I just saw the net and just kind of shot at that general direction, which made me very unpopular. But I, I could see things for the very first time, and, and I could see expressions on faces, and I saw some people that I liked to look at and other people I didn't like to look at. And, and the world was completely different. And it was full of new life. And it was full of dimension. You know, it was, it was just astounding to me that things were in 3D. I... I it took me a long time to wrap my head around that. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And we can sometimes fool ourselves into thinking we're A-OK, -okay, we're on top of it, but we're not able to understand what's really happening in the world. See, the way you think about and see the world may be all wrong. Okay? It may be all wrong. And if our perceptions or our thoughts are wrong, then the results we get will be flawed, right? If we see the world one way, but it's really another, then it's going to be very confusing. See, the Bible tells us to change your thinking, and that will change your life. So this is called rethink. We're going to be going through Ephesians and looking at how our thinking is to be adjusted. But before we do that, I want to put a disclaimer in here right now. By rethinking and changing our life or rethinking and, and learning something new and adjusting how we live and what we do, I'm not talking about just thinking about something and creating it in your mind. There's actually a word for that. It's called the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is very close to what I would call sorcery. That's the idea. If we think about something hard enough, then we'll attract it to ourselves. And there's a lot of people out there, some successful people, that promote this idea. There's a movie that came out called The Secret. I want to, you to know that that's not what we're talking about at all here. And, and that is actually moving away from God and not moving towards God. Because what we're supposed to do is examine our own mind and then figure out what God wants us to think and how he wants us to view the world and then adjust to his standard. Amen? Because I want you to know that God has better glasses than any of us do. He has better vision and better insight than any of us do. He see things, sees things more clearly than any of us do. So we have to change our thinking to change our life, and that informs our decisions. 
Every decision we make is based upon something we thought first. Now, if you ever had a child that does something that's just completely bizarre, know that to them it's perfectly understandable. It makes perfect sense. We don't do anything that doesn't make sense to us. We, in some way, have made a decision by our thinking. And everyone knows that there's something in their life that they want to change and they want to improve. How many of you would say that that's you? There is something that could be better in my life. <laughs> why, are, why are you laughing, right? <laughs> we all know that there's something that could be better. Something that needs to be rethought, rethunk, rethink, and rechanged. It needs to be adjusted. So how many of you want a healthy life? How many of you want a healthy marriage? How many of you want a healthy future, a healthy career? Well, thinking isn't enough. We have to rethink. We have to adjust our thinking. And that's not to say that we're ever going to have all those things at once just be perfect. It's not going to happen that way. But what we can do is we can grow by God's word and by his instruction and see the world for the way it should be and then change ourselves. See, some of us want a better marriage by improving our spouse. None of you, though, right? But if we change the way we think, we can adjust our behavior, our patterns, and what we do, and then we can improve our life one small step at a time. So this is really about spiritual maturity. This is about growing and understanding who God has created us to be, how he wants us to live, and how he wants us to view life. So if we change our thinking, we change our life. So I'm going to say change your thinking, and you're going to say change your life. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Because you can't make a decision until you decide to make a change. You can't do anything different other than what you're already doing until you decide that the thinking has to change. And then once your thoughts have changed, you can adjust your behavior, you can adjust your uh, attitude. How many of you need a little improvement on that sometimes before the, yeah? We can adjust that, and then we can improve the things around us. All right. So a healthy life is built on rethinking. There is old thinking, and there is new thinking. And Scripture is, is, is there for us to change our thinking, to adjust it, to become new thinking. The pastor I served under before had this saying. He would say probably once a week, and, and he would say, this is stinking thinking. All right? He kind of created his own word, stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. I remember that all the time. Because when I make a decision to be negative about something or negative about someone else, his little voice pops up in my head and I go, that's stinking thinking. Everyone say stinking thinking. I just want you to say it because it's kind of fun. Stinking thinking. And, and, and that is what we're caught in sometimes. So we're in this, this battle of either stinking thinking, which is the flesh and the desires and the old thought and kind of not seeing things clearly, or God's will. We don't see things always the right way. Romans 12.2 says it this way. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and... How many of you think your will is perfect? I usually do when it comes up against someone else's. Like, if you would just see it my way, you would understand how much smarter I am. Like, that's, 
But that's how we all get trapped into this thing. That's the stinking thinking. It's that my idea is the best idea, and therefore everyone else's ideas need to be quiet. And we live this way, even if we keep our mouth shut, sometimes we shove it down. And we're just sitting there like this. We're quivering in anger, and it just boils over. That's because we're not living according to God's good and perfect and pleasing will. Okay? So why, why do we have such a difficulty finding God's will? And I used to say this all the time. Well, you know, I just, I'm, I'm trying to search God's will. I want to know his good and perfect will. I, I want to know what that is. Well, this tells us how to do it. It says what? First thing you have to do to be able to follow God's will. Don't copy. How many of you have gotten in trouble for copying before in school? That's called what? Cheating. Don't cheat. All right? And think of it this way. If we're following God and we're copying the behavior of the customs of this world, we are cheating. And the teachers always told us, especially after we were caught, cheating only cheats yourself. And that's so true. It's more true in this even. Cheating only cheats yourself. If you're looking around you to the world, even if you're looking around you to your brother and sister in Christ, because no one's perfect, right? And you're saying, well, I can compare myself to them, and at least I'm not as bad as them. I'm okay with God. And we're not following through on God's good and perfect will. We are cheating ourselves out of God's good and perfect will. How many of you believe that God's good and perfect will is better than your good and slightly okay will? You know, it's, my will isn't perfect. My desires aren't perfect. I have, to, I have to discern whether or not this is a good thought, whether or not this is a good idea. In fact, Paul, in one of his epistles, he talks about how we are to hold captive. And that word that captive was in there, captivo, prison. Prison. Hold it in prison. Every thought. That means the good ones and the bad ones. And then discern, like put the flashlight on it, put that, that big light on it and say, hey, are you good or bad? You know, it's kind of that, that scene in a detective movie where they're sitting at the table sweating bullets and the spotlight is on it. Put God's word up against your will and figure out which one is supposed to be there. Okay? So we're supposed to discern this. We're supposed to grow in this way. Not to cheat ourselves. Not to copy the world. I want to show you some of the trends when I was growing up where people were copying the world. Okay? Because it's a little bit ridiculous. And we don't think of it this way. But when we live this way, I think this is the way God sees it. He's like, man, I gave you my good and perfect will right here. And instead, you're cheating and copying the world. And it looks ridiculous. Okay, let's, let's show this first picture. I got to pray just to make it today. <laughs> Who is that? Anyone? MC Hammer. And, and, and though, yeah, he has a cell phone. He was really hip. Okay, some of this is a little bit ridiculous. Those pants are just out of sight, right? Those pants are like down to here. Uh, hammer pants, right? Show the next picture. This is, this is what happens. This is from now. I don't know who that is, but that is ridiculous. It, 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 it's bubbles. It's, I, I don't know. Move to the next one. <laughs> Do any of you still own this outfit? Don't raise your hand. You got the, the windbreaker, the neon pants. You know, everything had to be bright. All right. So, so, you know, what's good is you can throw that away. This is recent, too. That's CeeLo Green. He, he's got some cool music, but he showed up to an award ceremony like the 
I don't know what that is. It's an alien robot gold thing. Don't do that, okay? Don't do that. All right, next. How many of you had one of those? (laughs) So I was talking with Aiden this week, and I said, man, we need to get you a rat tail. He just looked at me. I said, you know, that's where you grow this little string of hair down the back of your neck. He's like, no. (laughs) Smart kid, right? All the cool kids had the rat tail. It was called a rat tail, and they still did it. How about that? I'm pretty sure I had that jacket, okay? (laughs) This, you know, it's funny now, but eventually we're going to look back at pictures of us and laugh just as much about what we're wearing right now. It's interesting. Pop stars in the world create the trends in fashion. There's, I don't know if the picture's in this, but there's a picture of, of Justin Bieber. If you don't know who that is, God bless you. You're doing well. <laughs> he has got MC Hammer pants on. I mean, it's like this, and it looks like a skirt dress, and then it's real tight down here. I'm like, man, if his mom was around, she would just say no. If his dad was around, he'd, no. You know, like, uh, he's paying somebody to dress him like that? That's ridiculous. So don't copy, right? Don't copy the behavior of this world. I think that informs every little decision, amen, about how we spend our money, about how we spend our time, about the clothes that we purchase. We don't need to look like everybody else, amen? We we don't need to to have the same flash that everyone else has. the, the brethren in church had a simple mindset, a simple life in mind. And, and I know that we don't all dress the same and we don't wear the hats that they used to wear. But I think that is still applicable today, that God wants us to be a little bit different than the world. That God wants us to be set apart. That doesn't mean that, that we look crazy or that we're, we try to distinguish ourselves. It means we don't get wrapped up in what the world is doing. As we get really wrapped up, and what the world is doing, and completely forget the Word of God. We can get really stressed out by watching news all the time, or excited by by watching sports all the time, to the point where we forget to spend time in God's Word, and we don't renew our mind by His Word, and we're spending more time everywhere else. And that is not what God wants us to do. So, we're to call to live by the Spirit's power instead. That's the difference. That's the, the, the prescription That we're given in Ephesians 5.15, going through 20. Let's look at that. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every, every opportunity in these evil days. Don't thoughtlessly, but don't act thoughtlessly. Wow, I'm messing up there. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. Paul knows how to write, doesn't he? Paul knows how to get to the issue there. 
He says, hey, hey, instead, instead of getting rid of all of your pains, you know, instead of looking for the next fix, the, the wine so that you don't have to think about what happened earlier, instead of doing that, sing hymns of praises to God. Say thank you, Jesus, for whatever you've already gone through and praise him and allow his good and perfect will to come over and give thanks for everything, not just the good things, but for everything in your life. That changes you. If you have a grateful heart and you have a grateful mind, that's going to adjust how you see things. That's going to adjust how you treat people. That's going to adjust how you are with your kids. That's going to adjust how you are with your husband or wife. That is going to change everything if we can just start there. This morning, I got up and, and I had Jack downstairs and, and I was holding him. And he, he pointed to the TV and went, uh-uh. Okay, now that doesn't sound like anything to some of you. Some of you who are in VBS know what that is. Oh, 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 Jesus is a light who lights our way. Oh, oh, oh. so hey, that song is on YouTube and we pop it up on the TV in the morning. He asks for it every morning. He gets up and he dances like this. He has, he has like a horse dance and it was a lot cuter than what I just did. <sighs> I'm sorry you had to see that. Just press the delete button. Okay. But he, he does that, and he sings the song even though he can't sing the words. He's praising Jesus. That's what happens when he first rises and wakes up. And I'm looking at him going, I need another cup of coffee before I can even think. And he's doing it already. He's, he's where he needs to be. I know he doesn't understand it completely, but there's a lesson I can learn from that, that I need to wake up with praise on my lips. I need to wake up thanking God for another day. I know it hurts a little bit to get out of bed, and the older we get, the more it hurts, right? It, we have to hit that floor, and it's cold, or we have to stretch ourselves out. But this is what we're to do. Give thanks for everything, and to praise with songs and hymns. And, and this kid, little boy who just heard the VBS songs and decides he likes those is willing to praise. Praise is a good thing, amen? If, you, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, put on some good praise music that you like, some good hymns, some songs, some spiritual songs. Sing it to yourself. Some of us only should sing to ourselves, and I, I feel like I'm that way sometimes. But sing to ourselves and let the Lord fill our hearts. That is living in the Spirit's power. Don't live like fools, but live like the wise. All right. We're also called to rise from the dead. All right. This is, this is where the rubber... Uh, you know, meets the road. This is where we're really supposed to adjust our thinking. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. How many of you were there before? You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers, and the unseen world. So, so this is where we're at. We either are following God or we're unknowingly following Satan. Selena, stand up and show, show us your shirt through here real quick. When she walked in, I was a little bit concerned because I just saw Satan on her shirt. Her hair was covering the rest of it. It says, what does it say? Not today, Satan. Everyone say it together. Not today, Satan. I think that should be in our vocabulary somehow. Because there are things that are going to trip in your mind. Some things that, that are going to stop you. They're going to get you upset. They're going to try to wreck your day. But if you say, not today, Satan, I choose to praise and trust in Jesus, that changes things, doesn't it? So you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. We can't even see him. It's like we don't have the right glasses on. We can't see him. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. 
Those who refuse to obey God are giving in to the Spirit. All of us used to live that way. So, so none of us are better than any other, but all of us used to live this way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's... Ooh, that is a not nice word. You know, that is, that's hard. We were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, let's read this part together. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace you have been saved. Woo! That's the gospel. By God's grace you've been saved. Woo! <laughs> that should get you excited in the morning. That should wake you up. You know, God is with you. Jesus is with you. The Spirit is residing in you. And by living by the Spirit's power, you have been risen from the dead. You are no longer dead. You are alive in Jesus Christ. This is the first step towards changing your life. And some of us have accepted this salvation long ago, but we've neglected remembering it. And we haven't focused on it enough. I believe that a gospel-focused mind changes everything around us. A gospel-focused mind changes how we see the world. It changes how we see our boss. It changes how we see our work. It changes how we see our spouse. And we begin to adjust our thinking by the Holy Spirit. We're going to see things completely differently than we saw them before. And we're going to have the wisdom of God. And we're going to have His good and perfect will living and residing in our hearts. That's the step towards a healthy life, a healthy marriage, a healthy future, a healthy career, a healthy anything. It has to flow and come from Jesus Christ. Amen? So, if you haven't accepted him as your Savior, you're not going to be able to get there. You can make some changes. You can make some adjustments. You may be able to make your life a little bit better. But you're not going to get to where you need to be to really understand this, to have the right viewpoint, to have God's viewpoint. I want you to realize this. Not only does God give you his good and perfect will, he calls you something that I think is of deep importance. Did you know that you are God's inheritance? That you are his richness? That he is looking forward to, to being in relationship with you? You are his treasure. It, that, that sounds a little bit weird to me, but, but it's in scripture. You are his treasure. Ephesians 1.15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord, Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his ho holy people. Let's read this part together. Who are his rich and glorious inheritance? Okay? If we can internalize that, if we can put that into our mind and, and process that, if we can allow that to get into our heart, I think that changes the way we view ourselves, amen? I think it changes the way we view our brothers and sisters in Christ who we may slightly disagree with, amen? I think it changes everything. I think it has the opportunity for our life to develop into something we couldn't imagine outside of God's will. Realize that God's will is so much better than we can ever imagine or hope for. 
the, the, the plans he has for you are good. And until we understand that, until we really wrap our, our minds around that, and we live in that all the time, we say, you know, God, I am God's inheritance. I am a child of the king. I am a child of God. That is where my identity is bound up in. And I may get fired from this job, or I may not make as much money as I wanted, or I may have difficulty in this relationship, but I know who I am in God. And when we know who we are in God, then these other things that can build in our insecurities, into our fear, into our lives that, that feel like, man, if just one brick got taken out, everything would fall apart. And we're worried so much, we forget that we're children of God and we're his glorious inheritance. That means he doesn't look at his bank account and see a number or have dollars or, you know, look down at the streets of gold and go, well, I got a lot of bricks of gold. No, he looks at you and says, this is my glorious richness. That's amazing. So imagine, imagine if you would, if you can adjust the way you think about your life, about your marriage, about your body, about your career, about your finances, and you can begin to see through God's good and perfect will what he has for you and what his word tells you to do directly. If you can do that, do you think your life would adjust? If you do that, do you think it would improve? I know mine would. And I need to constantly do that. And that's what we're going to do through this series. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about career. We're going to talk about some real life issues and how Paul addresses them and how we're called to live according to Scripture. So allow the Holy Spirit to change your thinking and your life will be changed. Okay? We're not just talking about positive thinking. We're talking about godly thinking. Amen? And we're talking about adjusting our mind, renewing your mind, and you will be transformed. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your word doesn't just save us, but it instructs us and it guides us into the paths of all righteousness for your name's sake. And also, Lord, I thank you that, that you want us to have an abundant life and you want us to be generous to, uh, with others and you want us to be healthy enough to minister to others. So, so Lord, I pray for that right now that we would be able to examine our mind and we would be able to throw away any garbage that's in there that shouldn't be in there. That we would be able to discern what your good and perfect will is. We would stop cheating on the test of life and we would throw away the world's version of it and instead open the scripture and say, this is what I must learn. This is my textbook for life. God, I pray that we would be able to do that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would see so clearly that you would open our spiritual eyes to see what's really going on in the world. That you would open our spiritual eyes so we could see what's really going on in our heart. So when we're out of line, when we need to be adjusted, when we need to come back into God's will, you would kind of slap us upside the head so we'd see it. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict and guide and instruct and lead us into all faithfulness. Lord, I pray that pray that we would be able to praise you for all things and in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Until next time, continue to grow in Jesus.